Bryce Eddy here with Liberty Station, and we are fighting very hard to be a threat to the Great Reset on this show. And, you know, from time to time, we want to have some uh, real time of encouragement. And I've got a guest today that I think is great. I started following this guy on Twitter, and he was talking a lot about homeschooling and uh, some of the things that were going on in schools and everything, and I just uh, loved him immediately. And so I reached out to him. I'd never met him prior to this, Um, so we're going to have fun just hearing his story and uh, give the folks out there encouragement on homeschooling and everything that's going on. So with that, I am inviting Rob Wood to the show. Rob, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you? I am doing well, man. I'm doing well. So, uh, so yeah, I know nothing about you other than you are spouting and speaking wisdom on homeschooling. And um, <laughs> we are big proponents of that. Uh, obviously, we homeschool in my family, but I've got three daughters. And I know you've got boys. Yep. And, um, you know, I wanted to just have a conversation with you um, about um, just, you know, what you guys have going on. And let's just, you know, give the folks some thoughts on homeschooling and all of that. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Let's get this going. Yeah, so tell me, so tell me your background and your story, and uh, you know how you became to be such a fierce uh, proponent of uh, alternative schooling. <laughs> I like that. Yes, I am very fierce, so I do appreciate that. No, it's uh, man, it's been a long journey for us. You know, we didn't start out that way. Uh, we've been homeschooling for about seven years. Uh, So my son was in second grade when we began the transition from public school to um, homeschooling. We did that out of necessity because we were moving overseas. So an interesting tidbit there is we moved to Southeast Asia, uh, planned on staying there forever, uh, working in orphan care, church planning activities, uh, just really had a heart for that place, uh, uh, India specifically. And we had been going for about 15 years. I had been going off and on. I'd been there multiple, multiple times, but never long-term. And so we were packing our bags and selling our things and moving to Southeast Asia. And so out of necessity, we needed to homeschool my son. My wife was a public school teacher for, for multiple years. And uh, I'm my background is in finance and uh, financial technology. And so we were like, you know what? between the two of us, we can really pull this off. And by, by between the two of us, I mean, primarily my wife, she's incredibly intelligent, incredibly gifted in teaching. And so we went that route out of necessity because initially we didn't want to put our kids in school overseas. Uh, and I had a little daughter at the time. She was, she was three, so she hadn't started school yet. And so, yeah, that was our beginnings of homeschooling. And it was in that, that my wife did an insane amount of research an insane amount of data mining and coming to some solutions that we were going to use for my son. And we fell in love with it. Uh, We were really blown away by his growth, really blown away by his uh, just his learning capabilities and and unpacking things with him and tapping into things that we hadn't ever seen uh, from the public school system. And so it was really, we were there for about six months and then man, we moved back, which was, a crazy turn of events because we sold everything, literally packed eight suitcases and moved to India. And and then we were moving back and starting over, so to speak. And so we were prepared for that because my son was already homeschooling and we just decided, Hey, we're not sending him back to public school. We already had many problems with what was going on uh, in the public school system. Uh, Let's, let's rock and roll and let's see what we can, we can do here. And my daughter's coming up. 
you know, we're going to start her in school at the time. And, and so, yeah, we really just hit the ground running once we came back. So homeschool, we kind of fell into it. It wasn't a premeditated thing. And then once we were in it, we realized we had hit the jackpot. <laughs> That's cool. You know, I, uh, I've been joking through uh, COVID that, um, you know, because a lot of people got forced into a homeschool situation. Now, a lot of them, it was just, you know, school online and, you know, not not what you and I understand homeschool to be. But yeah. but I would joke with people that, hey, we were homeschooling before it was cool or mandated. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we so we we started homeschooling because I saw that uh, in the private Christian school that we were going and having our girls in at the time. There were a lot of families that were unhappy with what was happening in public schools, but they weren't Christian. So they were sending yeah. their kids to our Christian school, but did not share our faith. And and that was starting to come out in some of the conversations that my wife was overhearing with the, you know our kids and these other kids. Um, and and we were seeing oh, okay they they're leading much different lifestyles and that's going to eventually affect you know my daughters at the time and so we yeah. we started exploring the idea. I was completely against it at the beginning and it was my wife that yeah. kind of won me over. Uh, part of that was we went to a homeschool convention and me and my buddy. I mean the way we did homeschool conventions, our our wives took us. We made a weekend of it. He and I went. We uh, drank some beer and hung out oh, at yeah. other places and walked around. and uh, And the girls went and did the hard work. And, and then, you know, he and I walked into this uh, convention center and started going to the different booths and talking to some of these kids. Now it was homeschool kids that were like thirteen to fifteen that were manning a lot of these booths, where the curriculum was even created by some of these families and designed and really pretty amazing. And, yep. and I remember that these kids looked you in the eye and they could talk to an adult at 13. And, you know, my buddy's a firefighter and he's, you know, cramming these kids a little bit and asking them about the Latin program and, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. And, and they were, and they were just snapping right back at him and just clear. And I'm like, man, these kids are pretty impressive. You know, maybe there's something yep. that, that we can explore with this homeschool thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're a part of, uh, you probably have heard classical conversations. Sure. Uh, that's the group that we ended up landing on, uh, primarily because we like the, the classical model uh, a lot. And you, you talk about Latin. Yeah, we're in the throes of Latin right now, which is incredible uh, to see a 14-year-old translating Latin. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, imp it's impressive. But in a way that's whimsical, in a way that's that's using reason, using logic, they're, they're applying incredible, uh, man, just incredible skills that they're learning and developing over the years that you just don't typically see in, in kids that age. And it's not a, we're not knocking kids that can't do those things, but it, it is, it does open your eyes to the potential of these kids and what they're capable of accomplishing at such a young age. And yeah, I'm, I'm equally as impressed. I went to a, what, what's called a mock trial and I watched a bunch of 14, 15 year olds uh, go through an, an entire trial and make the, you know, debating one another, going back and forth and, and coming up with evidence and ideas. And I, I walked away thinking, my gosh, man, my, my public school education was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is are impressive. 
Yeah, well, it is the lowest common denominator, right? You know, yeah. how do we get them through, you know, with just a, the least amount, you know, that's that's uh, state mandated? Um, and how do we, you know, spit them out the other side? Um, yeah. Whereas we get to have a bespoke education for our kids. Yeah. And you're right. What they are capable of is is far more than the expectations that are put on them in any kind of public yeah. or private school in, in modern times. What what was the um, uh, what was the big like differences? Uh, well, let me put it this way: when you are asked, um, you know, people go, "Oh, you homeschool," and of course they, you know, they're looking at us a little less sideways than they used to. <laughs> but 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 what uh, what are the things that immediately kind of come up? Um, and what are your you know what are their concerns? Other people, what are the talking points? You know, give me a little bit of that. Yeah. So. I mean, obviously, the the socialization rebuttal comes often, uh, and it's. I think from most people, it's a genuine concern. I know for me, it was. Yeah. I, I was in the same boat as you were. I was the one against it initially. Uh, I, I wasn't real sure about it. Oh, aren't all homeschool kids weird? It's it's a truly. I was a moron. I, I have no other way to yeah. put it. I knew what I didn't. I didn't know what I didn't know, and so my wife really, in her research and in her data mining and opening the door to things started communicating some of the stuff that they were learning, maybe some, some curriculum ideas. And man, my, my mind was blown, but yeah, I I get a lot of socialization pushback, which is really funny because my kids are way more involved in the community than they ever were locked in a classroom all day. And I always try to make that a point to people. I was like, listen, my kids aren't stuck in a classroom with people their age all day long. My kids are interacting. Yes. With kids, their age, they're also interacting with people of all ages. They're, we're involved in taekwondo. We're involved in basketball, gymnastics. My son has a lawn mowing business. So in the summers, he's engaging neighbors. He's engaging all kinds of people. He's building a business. He's earning money. He's doing things uh, that a lot of kids that I know in public school aren't doing. And it's, again, not a knock to them. It's He's just very engaged. My daughter is very engaged. And so I just, I just start rattling through all the things that we're involved in. We're involved in foster care. So we're, my kids are engaging other kids. My kids are engaging hard kids, kids that have radically different backgrounds from theirs. They're seeing trauma. They're seeing drug addiction. They're seeing things and learning how to respond to that in a compassionate way, empathetic way, but also in a logical and reasonable way. Uh, how do we deal with problems in our society, our community? So my 14-year-old is working on sustainable solutions to human trafficking or poverty. So I, I always kind of push back pretty hard with people with these really big ideas and watch their eyes kind of open up real wide like, wow, they're, where, where do you have time to do all those things? Well, that's the beauty of it. We have plenty of time because our, our time is catered to our children. It's not catered to a school system and their hours that they think we need to be working in. And so we have a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom, and our kids are able to be engaged in things that most kids can't be engaged in. Perfect example, last Friday, my son and I, I took a half day, we're out in the woods preparing for the fall deer hunt. We're out there working trails, we're out there you know, putting food out, putting salt rock out, we're out there practicing our bow, uh, getting eaten up by chiggers, which boys just <laughs> love, even though, it, even though it stinks. It's We have a lot of chiggers in our area, it's terrible. Yeah, uh, what, what part of the country are you in? We're in we're in Arkansas. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're we're dealing with all kinds of critters down here, human and bugs. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's amen. it's a lot of fun. It's a beautiful place, and, and yeah, man. So we we have so much freedom to engage in the things that they love and the things that they like, 
And when I start talking about that, I, I get a lot more, uh, I think, reasonable responses. People almost like jealousy responses, like, oh, wow, I didn't know. Oh, wow, like I wish my kid could be doing X, Y, Z. And it, and it opens up a really good conversation for me to encourage people to consider homeschooling, to consider you know, getting involved in some of these communities because man, it's, it's not what you think. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And, and yeah, the, the socialization thing, even by the most well-meaning people, and usually it is well-meaning people that kind of look yeah. at you a little bit and go, well, gosh, well, how do you, and I always know what's coming. How do you, um, I don't know. Hmm. What's the word? Um, socialize them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, it, because there is some sort of vision and it's going, it's going away. I think people are, are understanding yeah. that it's more broad than that now. But yeah, they imagine that the kids are isolated, you know, um, off in a you know quiet room, uh, yeah. you know, unable to interact with other people, just you know, reading their textbooks. And yeah. um, and no, I mean, you know, my girls were part of you know speech and debate clubs and book clubs, yeah. and and it, you said the 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 great word that I love there, community. Um, I yep. imagine that you are a part of a bunch of other homeschoolers and other families that are doing this and everybody bands together and, you know, people cater to their own strengths. So there's a, you know, couple of uh, moms that are really great with science and they have mm-hmm. lab at their house. And, you know, my kids were dissecting things, you know, and yep. I didn't get to do that. They, they got rid of all of that stuff in our public schools here. I mean, they got rid of shop class. They got rid of all kinds of things that you can put in a homeschool setting now. Um, and, and so our, our kids have an advantage. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And yeah, we're, we're a part of a phenomenal, uh, community. There's a, there's multiple classical conversation groups in our area. So there's even cross pollination of groups, uh, you know, different friend groups that are happening. Uh, some of our best friends in the world are, are part of our, are part of classical conversations. They're a part of a different group, but our kids get together weekly to do labs together and do work together. And yeah, the, the, I even tweeted out today, just the accountability is incredible because you have, you know, parents that are, you know, we're, my son's 14, but we also have homeschool parents in our group that have already gone past that section. So they're great mentors to my wife and I of how do we, you know, how do we introduce the topics of logic and reasoning well to our 14 year old, what worked for your family, what didn't work for your family. So we have this, incredible luxury of those who have gone before us but then we also have the luxury of passing that down to those that haven't gone before us and we get to be a blessing to them because we've gone before them and so it's a beautiful uh, beautiful ecosystem that allows us to interact with each other hold each other accountable encourage one another and honestly build lifelong friendships that you never knew you didn't have (laughs) yeah um there's a bunch of misunderstandings about how it all kind of works um and the beauty of it what other mis conceptions or misunderstandings do you feel out there when you're having conversations with people who don't understand the world? Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of it is, and I'll, I'll be honest, man, is a lot of rooted in selfishness. A lot of families just don't think it's like, I, I could never do that. I could never spend right. all day with my kids. Um, if I'm being real honest, that, that deeply frustrates me when I hear that comment. Yeah. I think, man, you brought these kids in the world. You don't want to spend time with them. I, I do not understand I, I, that mindset. I need my break. I need yes. to, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which, you know what, go, go have your break, you know, whatever. But like, yeah. come on, we're talking about children that we brought into the world that we're going to put into the world. Let's, let's, let's give them the best shot possible. But yeah, I, I deal with some of that. Um, and then of course the, 
some pushback we get is, is more personal for, for them. It's like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can educate my kids. And that's where I do bring in the idea of community and accountability. It's like, man, actually you, you can do this. And there's an insane amount of support out there. There's an insane amount of resources out there. But yeah, if you get connected to the right communities, that's even even better because you have people that have gone before you that'll coach you, mentor you, and help you. But that's a big yeah, one. I, a lot of people don't I, think I, they can do it. Yeah, and I think the other um, misunderstanding is they imagine it like a conventional classroom that we all knew. Like yeah. you're you as a parent are standing up there in front of your kids and you know lecturing them through you know some kind of textbook or something like that. Yeah, and it's so much more dynamic than people. Um, really imagine, because our whole goal is really to get them to master whatever the subject is. Yep. And, and that kind of, you know, you, you do classical conversations. We did, we did a little bit more of a hybrid thing where we pick, you know, picked and chose different um, yep. curriculums based on the subjects themselves. And, and so we had, we had a little bit more of a cafeteria style approach. Um, and, and we were able to cater to each one of our kids' learning styles, which makes a big difference, Absolutely. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we and we can still do that even with classical conversations. You know, we can pump in some different things that our kids are interested in. Again, the flexibility is really incredible and, and the opportunities are endless for our kids. So yeah, if our, you know, if our daughter and we do, we have a three-year-old as well that he's a part of that process. You know, he's, he's witnessing the kids interact, but yeah, we're not standing up. My wife's not standing up lecturing the kiddos. It's, it's a very beautiful laid back environment. There's some self pace involved. There's some, you know, self learning involved, you know, you, you, know, you, you put the assignments out there, maybe some ideas out there and they go work on those uh, ideas and come back. There's regrouping, there's breaks. You know, there's, it, it's just, it, the fle- again, I can't stress enough the flexibility to really work toward our kids' strengths and even our kids' weaknesses and help expose those and work on those uh, in a way that's encouraging. Uh, obviously the environment's key. Uh, a lot of public school environment is not encouraging at all. It's very stressful. It's very discouraging. And so we get to come in and be just beacons of encouragement, beacons of helping our kids better themselves. But yeah, the, the whole lecture style, we, I've heard some of that before. I was like, man, golly, my, my son would have checked out a long time ago if that's what we were doing. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and I think part of it is uh, people just have this paradigm that they're operating from. And that's part yeah. of why they go, oh, I could never do that. And then they hear your story and, oh, well, his wife was a, uh, you know, a school teacher. So no wonder they can yep. do it. Um but right. but from her but from her perspective, like what do you think for her um, were the surprises when she first took it on that that made her her thoughts different? Yeah, you know she and she even to this day uh, we even had a conversation yesterday. She she had gone to a group meeting. I had some other meetings I, I had to go to, but uh, man, th- some of the topics that my fourteen year old is learning right now. My wife is highly educated. I'm I'm educated. Uh, we're I'm a highly involved business person and she is a highly involved community person. Some of these things are really super hard <laughs> and she was <laughs> yeah. overwhelmed. Uh, and a, a full, full disclosure here last year, we did send my son to a classical Christian, uh, private school. And so he did one year in this private school. He had bugged us for a couple of years to do this. And this is a kind of a neat story. Uh, he was, he was wanting to kind of feel more of some of the traditional school modeling and we didn't really, yeah, a little, like, little FOMO. Yeah. 
And we we're like, we're not sending you to public school. That's out of the absolutely out of the question. But maybe we'll send you this classical private school and give you an opportunity here. We're six months into that thing, and he couldn't wait to get back to classical conversations. You know, he got a taste of it. He made great friends. He, he played basketball, did different things. But he's like, man, I really miss that environment where I can really control that pace. I can really build on things that I want to build on. I want to be outdoors more. It just all clicked with him. And so we had a, a grace year that we gave my son last year that really turned out it was hard on him and it was hard on us because we had to take him to school three times a week. It was three days on campus, two days at home. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a challenge, man. It was about a, a 25 minute commute one way. We're going back and forth every day or three days a week, but then basketball was on the off days, So five days a week. And to finally have him back to see that perspective was a huge win for us, man. Uh, but yeah, my wife, you know, she's, she's about as even keeled as they come, but yeah, the, the, the teaching style, she had to be different because this is not a classroom. And so she had to change her teaching styles and I'm, I'm getting way more involved now. Uh, She's, she's done the 99% of the brunt heavy lifting because I'm, I'm working uh, full time as well, but I'm trying to get more involved now that my son's 14, he's at a critical age. He needs to be hearing, in my opinion, his father's voice way more. Uh, than his mother's voice at this point in his life. And so I'm, I'm getting involved and I'm teaching his logic class for him. And I, I guess we call it a class, but, but yeah, we had to make a lot of adjustments in our approach. And in, when we approached it one way, he may not respond well, or my daughter may not respond well. So we had to pivot. And that's the beauty of this is you can pivot your teaching styles. You can pivot toward their learning styles. Okay. This, they didn't respond well to, so let's change this approach this they did respond well to, so let's really push into that. And so that's the beauty of this, is we can cater this to them. And But that requires us to be flexible. And that's hard. We're I'm 40. My wife's 38. And we're set in our ways. So we've, we've got to be more flexible. We've got to be more open-minded as we approach the education of our kids uh, because they're, they're leading in, in a lot of this, especially now that my son's 14. He's taking a lot more of the lead now in his education. And so we're more facilitating as he's taking on that leadership role. It's really cool to watch. Yeah. Well, so I've got some friends here that um, they they were homeschooling their kids, and uh, you know their son also wanted to like get into a regular classroom setting, and and then some business changes happened for them that made it to where you know homeschooling was getting really rough on them. So they decided to put them into a private Christian school here nearby. And um, and already they're they're kind of gre- uh, regretting it, but they're regretting it a little bit on the basis of the amount of homework that's getting assigned. Yeah. And and he's like, wait a second, okay, my kid's in class all day, and then he's coming home to you know uh, piles and piles, hours and hours of homework, and and he they had to actually you know kind of regress on a couple of classes because they were so yeah. far ahead from the homeschooling standpoint. And these kids know this material. They've already mastered these subjects, but then they're being required to do a tremendous amount of homework and, and busy yeah. work. Um, did you experience that at all or, or uh, not really? Yeah, it, it wasn't that bad. Uh, they made it out to be that it was going to be bad. And then it wasn't mm-hmm. as bad as I thought it was going to be. But he did. He had extra work that he needed to do after being on campus all day. It, it, it's frustrating because, you know, at that point, it's it's like Nacho Libre, man. They got to get their wiggles out, man. You got to get outdoors. These are boys, especially my boys. Uh, he's, yeah. he's 13 years old last year, and he's stuck in a classroom, and he realized that that's the beauty of what happened is he realized very quickly 
uh, yeah, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I'm sitting all day long. I have to raise my hand to, to go take a leak. I, th- this is ridiculous. And yeah. so he got to see through the facade of, of what we consider in our society is this great thing. It's, it's not, man. It's, it's hard on these kids. It's stressful. It's exhausting. They come home just physically exhausted, mentally exhausted. They have no fire in their bellies. They have no fire for, for purpose and vision. They're just trying to complete these dadgum, you know, subjects and trying to get their grade in. And it's, it's deeply frustrating. It's not a, it's not a really good environment for true learning and true love and passion for learning. And so, yeah, we were deeply relieved when he came to us and was like, Hey, you know, I may want to, <laughs> I may want to rethink this. And, and we were, we were already thinking it cause we were just, we were toast. We were, we were fried from it all just from one, just one year of it. And so by God's grace, man, yeah, he, he transitioned back this year. We started literally yesterday. Uh, the school year started yesterday for us. Uh, but that's the, great thing man you know yesterday he was done with all of his stuff by you know one o'clock <laughs> yeah that's so, great he was done that's great and he's happy as a lark he's taking a bath he's like i'm ready for you to get home let's shoot the bow he's done he's he's put in the work and he's he's very efficient with it so it's it's awesome it's scary times out there right now with inflation supply chain issues and attacks on our currency we are all feeling the pressure and it seems like a recession or maybe even a real depression is on the way. What impact are we going to see on our savings and retirement accounts? Well, you may want to make gold a part of your strategy. Birch Gold Group is who I trust to help diversify a portion of your retirement or convert an old IRA or 401k out of the risky stock market and into physical precious metals. Think about this. Since before the time of King David, One asset has held its value better than anything else in the history of the world, gold. And it can help protect you now. Text LIBERTY to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals in a tax-sheltered account. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text LIBERTY to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text LIBERTY to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. That's great. So a, a lot of uh, folks don't, um, I think, understand the issue with boys especially. Um, you know, there's there's two challenges. So in a regular school setting, like, like you said, I mean, ants in their pants, um, yeah. You know, we've got so many kids uh, in school settings being put on drugs because they cannot yeah. sit still because they're not designed to be sitting still all day long like that. Um, but then at the same time, I've heard from homeschool parents. And again, I only I only make girls, so I don't I haven't experienced <laughs> this. But it's a challenge for boys, too, in a homeschool setting because, yeah, they've got the wiggles. They've got such, you know, intensity. Um, You know, what advice do you have for parents of boys that are like, yeah, we're trying to homeschool them, but but this is a real challenge just based on energy management? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that's a hard one. And I think that's why my my Twitter page is growing. You're hearing from a male perspective talking about homeschool. That's not very common. Yeah. And, and again, my wife is, is the primary source of the education, but as my son has aged, I've, I've realized some things that, that need to be, that need to happen for him. 
and so, yeah, I, I think the biggest advice, and this may be hard for some, is but you've got to be highly engaged dads. Uh, I, I, I push dads a lot, and I meet with a lot of guys even here locally. Man, I know that you're busy with work, and I know that you're trying to earn income and, and be you know, the breadwinner for your family and provider for your family. But, you know, provider is one thing, but involved dad is a, is a whole nother level. And this is what our kids actually need. Uh, yes, they need you to provide, but they need you to be present. They need you to be there. And so my son, he's a he's an active kid and he does get he does get the wiggles, man. And so I I'm naturally want to be outdoors with him. I naturally want to wrestle. Uh, I wrestle my 14 year old. I punch on my 14 year old. He punches on yeah. me. I highly recommend even when they're 18, 19, 20, it's even more important that you punch on each other and wrestle each other. Um, there's initiation there. He's getting stronger. Uh, he wants to test his strength. Uh, I, I like to crush him. It's fun uh, yeah. to show him that dad's still the dad. I'm still the bear in the family. And I, that's why I lift weights. I don't want my son to get stronger, stronger than me. Because <laughs> uh, uh, at the end of the day, man, uh, this is, we're, we're testing each other. We're pushing each other and, uh, yeah, I, I I really push dads to be highly involved, but in a real physical sense. Our boys need touch. They need physical they things. Yeah, they uh, do. They so need rough that's play. That's my biggest encouragement is, yeah. Yeah, they need rough play, yeah. and I think that that's missing in our culture more than ever right now. And you're yeah. and you're seeing it in the weakness in in boys, um, you know, that are just in the you know kind of mainstream of culture right now that are sitting there playing yeah. video games all the time, uh, addicted to screens, getting addicted to pornography. Um, yeah. All of that is having such a deleterious effect on um, our men. Um, because, yeah. you know, they, they don't end up growing into real men. Um, and so no. I, I'm glad you said that because that is important. It, it's a big piece uh, of my, my passions. Uh, I'm 40 years old. I, I didn't grow up with the technological age. You know, access to porn was almost impossible unless you knew a buddy that had a really perverted father. And yeah, so you, had to, day, you had to work for yeah, it, and now it's a click away. Yeah. You had to work real hard. One of the, I'll tell you, one of the shocking revelations, I don't know why this shocked me, but we moved to Northwest Arkansas uh, 10 years ago. Uh, and so I was right at 30 and we were ministering to a lot of, you know, college students, college guys. And it, and it just shocked me that literally 100% of these guys, 100% of them were addicted to pornography, were struggling deeply in their own identities, I guess, you know, they the language that they were learning and hearing from other people just it was deeply confusing them. And, and man, we just, we just had to rip these guys out of the system and, and start taking them outdoors, getting them on four wheelers. And I know not every guy likes the outdoors, but it, it does something when you get out in nature, even if you're just sitting by a pond and you want to write some poetry as a dude, I'm, I'm, I love poetry. I love literature. I, I read the classics, but I also like shooting a bow. I also like shooting a gun and shooting that some skeet and having a good time with my friends. So like we try to really push that out, but for some reason, a lot of dads will do that with grown men, but they won't do that with their sons. They don't bring them along. And you'll notice this even in shows, like some of my, one of my favorite shows is Meat Eater. And, and, and I, I love watching that mm -hmm. show, but they never yeah, bring his kids along. Yeah, Steve Ranella. I'm like, Steve, bring your kids along, put them in the show, put them there, like let them be a part of all of it. And maybe he is, I don't know. But we always set this 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 I this individualistic position that I'm just a man standing alone. But no, I've got a family. I've got sons I'm raising. I've got a daughter that I'm raising. I have a wife that I've got to care for and love and and serve and bless. Like we we have to do better. 
and, and, and our engagement. We can't just be these men on islands, man. I need brotherhood. I need, I need interaction. I need to lift weights with guys. I need to go out in the woods with guys, but I also need my son to be right there with me experiencing that multi-generational male behavior. It's powerful, powerful. Yeah, I um I own a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school, and um, yes. I've done that for 27, 28 years now, and uh, that's a big thing that I've been encouraging, um, you know, men to get their kids involved in, um, because, yeah. you know, there it's a it is that rough play that's missing. It um, it does uh, transform young men um, because it does take some of that you know those confidence issues you know some of those things um, it it's very clarifying because you know if, if another person is you know trying to get you to tap out you know <laughs> try to choke you or you know arm lock you or something you know that that yep. creates some sense of clarity in those moments. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it's a defragging of the brain. Um, you know, yep. so all of that is so powerful and and uh, potent, and we're missing it from from our culture now again because of all of the you know really terrible things that that you know are, are predominant now. Yeah, yeah, and it's it. You, you said that transformational. It, it really is. You know, I I love Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I I got to do it a little bit in college, but I focused mainly on Taekwondo. Uh, and my son's literally talking about that last week. He's like, man, I think I want to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instead of Taekwondo. Oh, yeah. and I, and I, it's a superpower. I desire. It, well, it is, man. I, I, and I genuinely believe it's because he has that desire to get in there and lock up with people. It's a little more aggressive than Taekwondo uh, with point sparring. And he's, he's yeah. craving that pressure on his body. Uh, and it's yeah, just, no, and it's, it's the – uh... And I write articles on this, and but it's the only um, one that you can pressure test, um, and yeah. and it and it uh, it changes the game. You know, not to knock, although I do for fun, um, I, I knock <laughs> other martial arts for fun sometimes just to bug people. But of course, um, but it uh, it it's tremendous in what it does because you you do. Um, I like to I like to mock my buddies who are into Krav Maga. And I said that they're B players. <laughs> And I say that they're B players because they're only they're only imagining that they might be tough. They don't really know. Right. <laughs> you know, they That's think exactly that it's right. a possibility that they're tough, but they don't know. Um, Jiu-jitsu players know because, you know, That's we've right. been put in uh, very uncomfortable situations where we have to get comfortable with it. So That's right. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it, it's and fun. It's, it's the great humbler. It's a, it, it is a humbling sport because, you know, I, I can come in and maybe have a little bit of skill – and yes, I can pin a guy and, and choke him out or tag, you know, put him in some kind of move. And then someone that's been in a lot longer than me just takes me out in 26 seconds. Yeah, and it's I, insanely humbling. <laughs> I was a competent wrestler in, in high school and in college. Yep. And I, uh, I tried jujitsu for the first time and they treated me like a father would treat his young child <laughs> and yes. i and i was just out of my mind and you know there's only two ways to go there you can you can uh leave and pretend that that never happened and go on with the <laughs> right. fiction go on with the fiction that you know if you, if it really came down to it you you would make things happen yes. and you just pretend that that never I happened swear. and you say you say i'm never i'm never going to put myself in that situation again or you look at it and say okay i got to learn this superpower and figure it out Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's part of the lessons I'm even teaching him is, 
you know, a lot of kids will start something and drop out, start something and drop out. It's that instant gratification. I do. I do blame those video games. I blame those things because it's created such a, a, a ridiculous behavioral pattern in our children. It's like, yeah. no, dude, you got your butt kicked. We're going to go practice now for a week and you're going to go back in there and you're going to potentially get your butt kicked again, but maybe not as bad this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, jujitsu jujitsu for most people is six months of getting your yep. butt kicked with, <laughs> yes. with, with very little progress. And then all of a sudden yes. you start to kind of string it together. Um, but yeah, well, I'd, I'd highly encourage that for your son. That, that would be amazing for yep. him. It would be, it would be uh, huge in his life. So yeah, for sure. Go after that. Um, what, what yep. are the other, what are the other things that, um, that you're doing with him? Um, and what other skills and, you know, you, you mentioned bow hunting and, you know, what are those things that, uh, that you're, you're embarking on now outside of that? Yeah. So he, you know, his, his grandpa is a, he's an outdoorsman, has a farm, you know, with goats and chickens and he hunts and fishes has a pond out there. So it's, it's cultivated at a young age, a desire to do things and even survival things. So he, he watched a survival show last year. You know, how do I, how do I survive in the woods for three days with just, you know, three or four items. And so he's into those things right now. And so we're trying to really, again, the beauty of homeschool, the beauty of our environment is we can pivot with him and start to develop those skills. And so we're doing a thing called trail life this year uh, that gets us involved in another community of outdoors uh, for fathers and sons. We're going to go camp together, learn survival skills together. Uh, and so that's the things like that. Uh, and I, one thing I do encourage dads to do, it's don't just have your kids as much as they may push back on you. Don't just let them do it by themselves, do it with them. Uh, and so the Taekwondo thing I do with my son and the jujitsu thing, if we move in that direction, I'll go do that with my son. Yeah. You I want should. him to see me in action too. Yeah. I want him to yeah. see like, Hey buddy, I'm, I'm in this with you. I'm invested in your progress. I'm invested in your, your skill development. Uh, but I'm also, I want to learn. I'm, I'm still a man that needs to learn things. I'm, I may be Amen. 40 and I may know a lot of things from my 40 years, but there's a lot I don't know. And so I'm, I'm right here with you. I want to sh show you that it's okay for a 40 year old man to humble himself and learn from grown men. Uh, and it's, he gets to hear other voices in that. And he gets to see me fail and see me succeed. And so I always encourage that. It's like, man, I'm not just going to send him to trail life. I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to be on the camp and trips with him. I'm going to learn those things. I know a few things about survival. I know how to, I know how to hunt. I know how to fish. I know how to tie certain knots. I can set up camp, start a fire. I can teach you those things, but there's some certain even higher level skills that I know nothing about. Yeah. Let's go learn those. And he's interested. So I, I chase his interests with him uh, primarily because I, I freaking love him. I mean, he's my boy. I, I like this that comment. Yeah. yeah. Chase, chase their interests that, that yeah. with them. That's cool. That's a cool concept. Well, he's, and he's a dude. I'm a dude. So a lot of those interests tap into something in my heart. And I, you know, I, and I, I tweeted about this the other day. It's like, man, I, I, it's not just is your son climbing a tree and having a great time outdoors. Hey, am I climbing a tree? When was the last time I had a lot of fun with my kids outdoors? Not just watching them or filming them on my phone as they go have fun. I'm, I want to go have fun with them. And so I'm trying to work on that, but man, the, you know, bow season's getting close. So he is, he is locked in every day. He's wanting to go outside and we do, I, we're those weird neighbors, man. I've got, we got our shirts off in the sun. We're, we're popping bow shots, man, competition, who can hit the target the most. And, and that's part of it. It's not just getting better at refining the craft. He wants to compete. Okay, son, 
let's compete. Let's put some wagers on it. You know, what do you want to do at 20 pushups? If I beat you five out of 10, you know, or whatever. Uh, and so, man, we're really pushing into those things. Uh, he's, he's interested in it. So I'm all in with him. And I think as parents, we, we don't need to, we, sometimes we're just afraid to, to go all in with, with our kids and man, I, I'm, I don't know, man, midlife has changed me. I, things are shifting in my heart to where I, I want to be all in on my family. I want to spend as much time as I possibly can with my family. Um, I have a lot of flexibility with my work, so I'm able to do things that a, a lot of dads I realize can't do as much as I can, but man, you, you can do something and you got to find those niches and find those time frames where you can. But yeah, outdoors stuff is where he's at right now. He, he likes Minecraft. I let him play Minecraft and, uh, uh, you know, he likes to build things and uh, I don't mind him playing that game, but again, he has strict limitations on, you know, how much time he can spend on that. Yeah. And there's, he's bored. there's place for that. Yeah, there's place for the, for those things, um, you know. And and I uh, I loved video games as a kid, and you know, still occasionally do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but but it's uh, again, it's the moderation, and it's it's making yep. sure that you're prioritizing certain things. I want to get your take on something else that that was a big paradigm shift for me with homeschooling. Um, you know, in traditional school models, you know, if uh, if you got a C in algebra, it was a passing grade and they kind of moved you on to the next one. And what I realized yeah. for with homeschooling specifically for us, our job is to equip them for life. Right. And our job is to yeah. teach them the material. And unless they have mastery, they don't move on. And uh, whereas, you know, um, in a regular school setting, okay, I guess you're terrible at algebra. All right, now let's give you geometry or something even worse. Okay, that compounds on top of itself. Okay, I guess you're just bad at math. Um, And we got to witness with our kids, you know, my my middle daughter wasn't getting, um, you know, certain things with math at first. And we just pressed in, pressed in, pressed in, and then all of a sudden it clicked. You know, okay, you know, she mastered it. Now she can move on to the next one. And, uh, and I think people got caught up in that paradigm of grades and those kind of yeah. measurements that they do in the public school, which, which we don't really need to emphasize in homeschooling. We need to get them to understand the material. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's one reason, honestly, why I love classical conversations, because there's, it's a constant reinforcement of previous material. So it's always building on itself. And, and yeah, that's exactly right, man. We want them to, to get to mastery of, of the subject. He can do math. They can do math. You, you just have to, you have to unlock that and you need time sometimes to do that. Uh, I, I excelled in math in school, but I, I, I sucked royally at geometry. I don't know why I was great. in I was great in calculus, trigonometry, algebra, loved it. I hated geometry, which is really weird. But they just moved on. I made a D in geometry, which was the worst thing ever. My mom, the only time I ever heard my mom say some curse words that you never <laughs> normally hear out of, out of a mother. Uh, so I knew it was really serious. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, we just moved on. And, and I think a lot of, honestly, pushback from public school families is what if they fall behind if you spend too much time on that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? They're falling behind by not learning it. They yeah. just move on. They, they just don't learn it. The, the grammar stuff that my son is learning, I never learned in school. He, he knows the English language better than I will ever know it because I was never taught it. We just moved on. I, I didn't excel well in seventh grade English. Oh, that's fine. Just move on to eighth grade English. Uh, did, did I understand the concepts? No. Well, okay. You're still in eighth grade. Move on. 
No, yeah. you get to in homeschool, you get to actually work those things into mastery, like you said. And that is a huge that's why these kids are so smart. That's why they're so intelligent, why they're so reasonable, why they're why, why they, they excel so well in life is because they really are mastering material and ideas and learning how to actually apply that to everyday life. Well, and you can avoid the social contagions like uh, the transgender yeah. stuff that's going on here in our community. Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, which there's so many things now that I, I, I'm calling out to families to, you know, make other choices because, you know, we're, we're doing our best to, uh, you know, capture the um, school board here and win some of those races and get some of these, uh, you know, we're in yep. California, right? So California leads the yep. way some of the most debaucherous and terrible and evil stuff that they're teaching these kids and the sexualization of our youth and all that stuff. I mean, they're yep. doubling down on that. And so now I don't think we have a choice. Um, you know, we can do our best to recapture and, and win um, these races and turn the boat around. But um, you, we got to get these kids out of the environment one way or another. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I'll get some pushback from people about that. Like, hey, are you not involved more in the public school and what they're teaching and all these things? It's like, well, man, the priority number one is I want to make sure my kids are happy and healthy. Uh, I, I'm responsible for them first. Yeah. Uh, so tier two, I'm responsible to my community. I want to be a community player. I want to serve my community, be a blessing, but man, I have to make sure my kids are healthy. My, my own household is healthy. Like it's almost like the qualifications of an elder in a church. It's like, how can you manage a church if you you can't manage your own household? I feel the same way about families. It's like, man, how can I be the greatest blessing to my community? Well, I want to manage my own household very, very, very well. Uh, but yeah, man, I, my kids were exposed to those things. Even as early as second grade in Arkansas, my son was exposed to those things. I was fielding questions from my son in second grade. And, and this is when we were transitioning into to homeschool the year before is really shocking. Uh, and I'm, I'm a, I'm not a prude by any stretch. I, I was an atheist until I was 27. I, I did not live a very good life up until that age. I'm 40 now, but man, that a second grader asking questions and he wasn't like questioning himself. He was just like, I mean, I'm hearing these things. What in the world does this mean? And I, I think what second grader needs to be talking about these things, man, my son wants to just run through the fields, man. He wants to play, he wants to engage and, and we're just stealing their soul. We're ripping their childhood from them. And I, and I, I talk about that a lot, even in my tweets, man, like giving a childhood back to our children. That's what homeschooling is all about. In my, in my view, we're giving a childhood back to him, like that they're not being exposed to these ideas uh, constantly. And we get to actually control that narrative in our home. But yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's rough, man. It's rough out there for kids. Uh, we're seeing high levels of suicide, high levels of depression, high levels of confusion. Twelve year olds should not be miserable. They should be very happy kids. And we're seeing a lot of miserable 12 year olds, especially even with TikTok and Instagram, especially in our girls. That's another thing I'm concerned about is I have a girl coming up. My, my daughter's seven. Um, you know, protecting my son, it feels a little easier because he does have a natural propensity to be outdoors. So I can keep him outdoors, keep him preoccupied, keep him happy. Uh, n- now the next tier is how am I going to do this with my daughter? So I'll be calling you pretty soon, brother. Yeah, well, well, you know what's interesting is, you know, girls like a lot of that stuff too. And, my daughter uh, loves it. 
Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, my, my 13 year old daughter, um, you know, trains jujitsu with me, my, my older two, mm-hmm. I, I've got two that just graduated from high school and, and, um, and they have, they haven't been, um, that interested in it, but we, uh, but, but we go shooting all the time. Um, you know, yep. uh, they were, they were at, uh, uh, Terran tactical at Terran Butler's range, uh, the other day, which is right around the corner from us, um, you know, doing some high speed stuff and, you know, so they're, oh, yeah. they're into that. That's we, fun. Yeah, we've CrossFit as a family. Um, all of us made that kind of a part of the homeschool experience. You know, we all did CrossFit in the mornings, and then you know that that helped manage hormones. Yes. Um, you know, and, and and what's funny is I, you know, my daughters recognized that. You know, my oldest would say, "Oh man, I got to go do a workout or something. I'm feeling yeah. crazy." <laughs> you know, yeah. so uh, very self aware. Um, but yeah, no, um, I, I think there's uh, it's it's the same but different. Um, with, with yeah. girls. Um, and you know, well, well, I, I, I have one more question in regards to, uh, Twitter, cause you are pretty prolific on, on Twitter and you're out there fighting the good fight in the, uh, social media realm. Um, is there any, uh, what have you gotten the most hate for or pushback on, or is there any tweets that went wild that you didn't expect? Yeah. So, I'm pretty strategic in, in my tweets. You know, Twitter's been a fun game that I've been playing for about eight or nine months. Uh, I had no intention of being on it. Uh, I had gotten connected to Twitter. Primarily, I was just looking for some homeschool stuff and, and maybe some fatherhood accounts that be spurting off some encouraging things just to get some ideas. And I thought, hey, right. man, there may be a niche here that I can play around in and engage. And, and yeah, some tweets started taking off. You know, those homeschool tweets, people love those things, man. They have high engagement. Yeah. As they, as they say, but yeah, I think, I think the most pushback I get, I get a lot of trolls on there. They're never 99% of them are anonymous accounts of course. that have just really stupid things to say. I, I don't even, you know, I don't feed the trolls as they say, I don't even engage those folks. When I first started, I did engage thinking, Hey, let's, let's have a reasonable conversation. Yeah. And that then you realize happening. that, Oh, that's not what they're here there for. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're here to, to just be a jackass. So at the end of the day, it's, you know, you just got to deal with that. And, but yeah, I think, uns, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen on Twitter. You know, the algorithm can work in your favor or work against you, but I did have one tweet. All it was my biggest tweet had about a one and a half million impressions on it was just statistics. It was just homeschool statistics you know, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, and it's just showing a steady increase and then a big jump in the last five to 10 years. And I threw that out there and I just tweeted, hey, the tide is rapidly rising. I thought uh-huh. I'll probably get five, 600 likes on this. This will be a good tweet. Maybe grab 10 or 20 more followers. That thing blew up. And I, I grabbed about 1,500 followers off of that one and got a whole new audience, uh, you know, following the content. And I'm not, again, I'm not prolific. You said prolific, you're being kind. I tweet maybe two, three times a day. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of time to invest in it, but I'm starting to realize that, hey, Twitter Twitter can be valuable. Um, and, you know, you're getting a lot of people out there that are considering homeschooling. You get a lot of soon-to-be dads out there that start D- DMing you and asking you genuine questions. I think that's been the most refreshing part of Twitter is I'm meeting really, really awesome people. Uh, I've even recruited a couple guys off Twitter for my business that are, that are thriving. I've built some friendships off of the off of the platform so you know i'm not the guy that's like all platforms are evil it's like learn how to use it learn how to manage it as a tool and man i'm seeing a lot of good uh come out of that so i've i've connected with an insane community of of great people that love their families love their kids love dads 
You know, that's not a popular topic to love men and, and love masculinity. And so we're, we're tapping into some fun stuff here and, and we're just kind of getting started. I don't know where I'm going to take it yet, uh, how I'm going to use it. I'm just going to keep just encouraging, you know, throw some things out there, throw some ideas out there and watch it grow. It's just grow. It grows every day. So I'm, as long as it keeps growing, I guess I'll keep doing it. <laughs> so Well, good. Well, Hey, so, um, how do people reach you get, you know, give out your, uh, Twitter address and you know, yeah. how do people follow you? Yeah. So my Twitter handle is fatherhood ninja. So pretty straightforward, uh, at fatherhood ninja, uh, Rob Wood is I'm, I'm, I'm me on the Twitter page. Um, I'm not anonymous. Uh, I tweet from my perspective, my life, what's going on, uh, outdoors, you know, homeschool, family, fatherhood, try to just keep it relegated to what I do every day. I'm trying to be as genuine as I possibly can, but, uh, to answer one last time on that question, how I've avoided the trolls and a lot of negative comments is I, I quote my tweets with we homeschool. I start them that way. So I, right. I try to relegate it just to my family and it, it it's worked. I, I don't get as much negativity as I used to when I would just make generalized statements uh-huh. about things. I say we homeschool because those are my most popular tweets and I'll get one or two in there that'll say, Hey, well, it's not for everybody. And I said, Hey, that's why I said yeah. we homeschool as my family. I'm not trying to create fights here. Just trying to encourage people, so it's helpful. Yeah, and I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people think that you know we are insisting, and I've gotten that. I, I yep. can't. It's not possible for me, and and you know, and I get that, and I understand the folks that are aren't able to to do it. Um, but I do encourage folks that if that um, you know get your kids out of these negative environments in any way that you 100%. can, and sometimes especially now we need to think about what the long-term cost is for us not making the sacrifices to educate them in a different way. Yeah. And I, and I try to encourage even those families from a financial perspective. I mean, this is an incredible country that we live in. The opportunities to earn income, to create wealth are really, really endless. And so I try to even have some one-on-one calls with people to just help them think outside the box. Okay. How do I create maybe a side hustle or a secondary stream of income to help fund this adventure. I, I, I think homeschooling is a great adventure and how to fund that. And so, yeah, any way we can encourage people to think outside the box, think outside your nine to five, you can do this. Uh, and it may take a year. It may take two years before you can get there, but put a plan in place now and, and let's really work toward those goals and, and, and let's achieve it. Let's make it happen. Well, listen, thank you, Rob, for, uh, you know, joining us on the show. Really appreciate the, the words of wisdom and the encouragement. And, uh, and this is awesome. So th- thanks again. I, I had to chase you yep. down, brother. It was not easy to I get know, you to man. do this. <laughs> I apologize, man. I, I bless you for your patience. <laughs> I bless yeah, you. No, all good. Well, listen, uh, it was all worth it. So thanks again. And hey, thank uh, you, have sir. a good day. All right. Take care. You too.